Adriana Yarsdale adjusted her collar in the reflection of the lens. Kinda dreadful, Stan replied, not able to keep the smirk from his lips. Charmer. <laughs> of all the cameramen assigned to her over the years, Stan Johnston was by far her favorite. She'd known him even before his left eye had been replaced by the gigantic lens that now jutted out of the side of his head. He was a walking, talking, outside broadcast unit, but most importantly, never took himself too seriously. Unlike the voice that was currently droning away in her earpiece. Adriana, can you hear me? Timothy Eve's voice was tinny and shrill, even when it wasn't being broadcast halfway across the galaxy. Yeah, I hear you, Tim. Across from her, Stan sniggered. He knew as well as Adriana that their producer hated anyone shortening his name. The studio is about to come to you for the trail. Bring this up, OK? We need intrigue and suspense. Yesterday's report... Didn't exactly set the seven systems on fire. I know what I'm doing, OK? I've been doing this long enough. Adriana didn't care if he heard. She'd seen dictators like Timothy Eve come and go, but she was still here staring into the lens day after day, telling the sector what they thought they needed to know. She fished a small bottle from her jacket pocket, flipping open its lid to drop a tiny yellow pill into her palm. Count me in, Stan. Going live in five, four, three. Adriana slipped the pill onto her tongue and swallowed. As Stan counted down on his fingers, she brushed a strand of long dark hair out of her eyes and turned on the smile. A red light flashed over Stan's lens. It was showtime. Good morning. This is Adriana Yarsdell for Cosmic Nine News. It's day three of the Cuisine Peace Talks here on Galen, and by accounts, things are not going well in the conference center behind me. Unless a settlement can be found between the Haradjian and the Pelet... Oh, hey! A tall man with tightly cropped hair barged into Adriana. He flashed her a goofy grin and apologized. Sorry! before returning his gaze towards the doors of the conference centre. Timothy Eve ranted in her ear, reminding her that she was live on air. Ignoring him, Adriana turned as calmly as possible back to Stan. Sorry about that. As you can see, crowds are forming as we wait for the first delegates to emerge from the talks. But one question is on everyone's lips. Can the planet of peace work its magic on the wall that has blighted this corner of the galaxy? We'll be here to bring you the latest news as it happens. The light flicked off. What the hell do you think you're doing? The idiot who had sabotaged her report looked at her as if she was insane. I said I was sorry. I was in the middle of a broadcast. Good for you. Adriana's eyes bore into the stranger's back as he turned his back on her again. Oh, no, you don't. Who are you with, anyway? No one. <laughs> You're one of them, aren't you? Who? The Free. The man followed Adriana's gaze, looking at the small group of chanting aliens that stood a little way from the press corps. Various races made up their number, although all wore the same simple white smocks, their faces obscured by a mass of multicolored tattoos. The stranger turned back to face her, looking as though he was about to tell her that she hadn't a clue what she was talking about, until he noticed Stan, and his eyes went wide. Look at you! You're fantastic! Stan took an involuntary step back as the man lunged forward to take a closer look at the cameraman's implant. I've seen some cybernetics in my time, but that takes the biscuit! Uh, Stan, 
the cameraman provided, shooting a nervous glance at Adriana as the stranger pulled a cylindrical device from his pocket and proceeded to run the red light at its tip across Stan's face. Pleased to meet you, Stan. I'm the doctor. Hey, what are you doing? You're broadcasting with that thing. Hey, I'm talking to you. The doctor turned to look at Adriana as if seeing her for the first time. Are you a reporter? Perhaps he wasn't a member of the Free. Perhaps he'd just escaped from a lunatic asylum. Something else was in the doctor's hand now, a leather wallet as battered as his jacket. He flipped it open, looking exceedingly pleased with himself. Me too. BBC Transworld Service, see? And what's that supposed to be? My press pass. Why? What does it look like to you? A blank piece of paper. I don't know who you really are, but you're obviously not supposed to be here. I suggest you clear off before I go and call. Stan cut her off mid-threat, the light above his lens flashing urgently. Adriana, something's happening. The studio's coming back to us. Adriana glanced over her shoulder. Stan was right. The doors of the conference centre burst open and a huge figure emerged, sunlight glinting off its ornate red armour. It stomped straight towards the press corps, the wide nostrils of its hippopotamus-like head flaring. Slipping his nonsensical credentials back into his pocket, the doctor boggled at the alien. That's a Haragian? I haven't seen a Haragian for centuries. Ignoring him, Adriana took up position in front of Stan's lens. Thanks for joining us once again here on Galen. As you can see, the first delegate has emerged from the talks. General Anastri of the Haragian Collective. Uh, General Anastri, Adriana Yarsdell, Cosmic Nine News. How are the talks going? No comment, thundered Anastri in a voice like a small earthquake. But General, are we to believe... Look out! The doctor pulled Adriana out of the way before the Haragian could trample her into the ground. The general didn't even break her stride, giving the other journalists the same short shrift. Someone's in a hurry. Adriana pulled her arm free of the doctor's grasp. At least Stan knew what he was doing, following the general as she marched towards the Haragian living quarters. Others were streaming out of the Galen Center now, including a clutch of luminescent jellyfish floating ethereally on personal anti-grav discs. Adriana tapped Stan on the shoulder to bring the camera back to her. So, dramatic scenes here at the Peace Talks. There go the Pelletier delegation, presumably heading to their purpose-built quarters in the vast lake behind the conference centre. Of course, the animosity between these two interplanetary superpowers is all too familiar. If an accord cannot be reached in the next few days, the sector could be facing years, if not decades, of war. This is Adriana Yarsdale on Galen, handing you back to the studio. The light flashed off and Adriana turned back to the doctor. I suppose I should thank you. He was just staring at her, his eyes intense. You mentioned a war. What war? You're joking, right? <laughs> Where have you been, Garusa? Adriana Yarsdale, you need to tell me exactly what's been going on. General Anastri closed her nostrils and sank deep into her mud bath, the warm liquid washing over her head. She allowed herself to linger for a moment, cocooned from a world filled with babbling, ineffectual diplomats. 
Galen was everything she despised. There were no battle cries, no blaster cannons, no explosions. Here were only fields, flowers, and birdsong. She should have hated the place. The trouble was, the longer she stayed here, the harder she found it to hate anything at all, even the accursed Pelletay. Perhaps she was getting old. Perhaps she had finally lost her lust for war. No, that was impossible. Galen was doing this to her, this so-called planet of peace. Onastri broke the surface again, reaching across to the control pad on the edge of the sunken bath, the buttons perfectly scaled for her large fingers. Everything in her quarters had been fully customized to make her stay as comfortable as possible. It was sickening. A hologram buzzed into life above the mud pool. Onastri lay back, trying to glare at the image of a small, weasel-faced alien standing on a stage. This was Arbitrator Krylon, a diminutive Mannix from the Mustela system, and their host on Galen. His whiskers twitched as the recording of his opening speech played out. Honored delegates, welcome to Galen, an oasis in a troubled universe. Galen soothes the soul. It brings healing. It promotes understanding between friends and even enemies. Here, past grievances melt away. Bitterness and resentment are forgotten. Here, futures are forged together. Onastri sighed as she paused the recording. The door to the bathroom opened, and another Haragian entered, leaning heavily on a long wooden staff, Onastri's night armor thrown over his free arm. As a male, her aide was smaller than the general, and dressed not in the plate mail of the military, but in sweeping robes that brushed across the tiles of the floor as he walked. Not now, Constran, the general grumbled. The aide took one look at the frozen hollow image and tutted. You must stop torturing yourself, General. I will have the recording deleted immediately. Onastri sunk down to her chin. What's the use? Krylon is a prattling fool. I eat prattling fools for breakfast. Not since the chief medical officer told you to maintain a balanced diet, you don't. Constran pointed out, laying her armor on the dresser. I should rip him limb from limb for making me endure such namby-pamby hogwash, and yet... Uh, and yet you find yourself nodding in agreement? This time, Onastri didn't reply. Constran cocked his head sympathetically. General, are you angry that you're not angry? Onastri bared her impressive teeth. You are mocking me. The aide shook his head. No, I assure you that I am not. I feel your pain. I'm sorry for your pain. Onastri's ears twitched in irritation. Constran's voice had caught in his throat. Was the fool about to blub in her presence? Constran, you are excused. I'd need nothing more from you tonight. But 
Mom, he continued, his small eyes welling up. You are so sad, so miserable. Pull yourself together. You're a Haragian. Start acting like one. The tears were flowing freely now, running down Constran's large cheeks. He staggered towards the sunken bath, overcome by grief. What are you doing? Leave now before I call the guards. But Constran didn't leave. Still sobbing, he plunged into her pool, grabbing Onastri, the despairing aide, pushed her roughly beneath the mud. I hear your pain. I feel your pain. I must heal your pain. Adriana hadn't slept well, but that was nothing new. Yesterday had gone from bad to worse. First there was the doctor and his incessant questions about the war. Who was winning? Who was losing? How many planets were involved? Adriana had lost her call, asking him why he didn't just watch the news like a normal person. She'd finally shaken him off in time to make her evening report. Not that there was much to say. Krylon had issued a press release, claiming that real progress was being made. Adriana had turned to Stan and laughed. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure everything's fine. Delegates flouncing off is all part of the peace process. But both camps had locked themselves away from the cameras. No one was talking, especially not to the press. Adriana was forced to give another in a long line of vague reports, skirting around the fact that she had nothing whatsoever to say. Timothy Eve had even torn her off a strip. But what could she do? No news is good news? Not if you're a journalist. Stan had gone off to drink with the other crews, but Adriana had crept back to her bed to toss fitfully on a planet that was supposed to be naturally relaxing. When she had slept, even her dreams mocked her. Recalling her naivety when she had first joined Cosmic Nine, she saw herself as a trainee, telling her family how she was going to make a difference, to find the story of a lifetime. Some chance. A decade later, and she had stood on a thousand sidelines, reporting on real people living real lives, regurgitating the same rubbish over and over again. All right. All right. I'm coming. Throwing her feet over the edge of her bed, she scooped up a yellow pill from her bedside cabinet. Throwing it back, she trudged across the small room, hitting the door control. Stan was on the other side, grinning like the cat kind that had got the cream. Something's happening, Aid. Something big. They ran across the Galen Centre, the planet's large sun already bathing the landscaped gardens in warming rays. It was three hours before the next round of talks was due to begin, and the complex was quiet, most people still asleep. And you no idea what happened? Stan shook his head. No, just that there was a call for security. From the Heratian quarters? Before I knew what was happening, I was hauled out of bed and told to get back to my room. I, I promised I wouldn't tell a soul. You told me. You have no soul. <laughs> Cute. And I'm not even going to ask whose bed you found yourself in. 
Oh, this is a planet of love and understanding. So everyone keeps telling me, Adriana thought, as they cleared an ornamental fountain and the Haragian quarters came into view. Adriana swore as she saw at least five crews standing outside the doors. Stan's insider tip hadn't been as exclusive as she'd hoped. Krylon's team were already out in force, fielding questions and making sure that no one got near the foyer. Come on, this way, Stan hissed in her ear, leading her around the building to a side door. Locked. Any other bright ideas? We could use this. Stan smiled as he produced a holographic ID card. A rugged, bearded face stared back at her from the security pass. Handsome. I'm impressed. Oh, he won't be, said Stan, holding the pass against the lock. Keeping their eye out for security, they crept through the building, the deep carpet muffling their footsteps. Stan, look! Adriana crouched down, running her fingers across the floor. Someone better have a word with housekeeping. Footprints ran the length of the corridor, large and wet. What is that? Mud? They followed the trail, leading to an impressive suite of rooms. Only General Anastri would have been granted such chambers. There was only one thing for it. Nodding at Stan, Adriana straightened her jacket and strolled into the reception room. She was spotted immediately. One of Krylon's team rushed towards her. Uh, no, no, no. You can't be in here. No, not at all. Really? Uh, I'm not sure what's going on, but I'd arranged to meet General Anastri for an exclusive interview. She held out her hand. Uh, sorry. Adriana Yarsdell, Cosmic Nine News. I'm afraid that's quite out of the question. No press allowed. This is a crime scene, after all. A crime scene? The alien grimaced as soon as it realised its gaffe. Adriana's eyes followed the muddy footprints across the room towards what looked like a bathroom. Has something happened to the general? The timid creature continued to fluster, but Adriana had stopped listening. A voice, an annoyingly familiar voice, was coming from the other room. So when did you last see the general alive? Doctor? Adriana found the doctor crouched beside a large, mud-stained bath, deep in conversation with adjudicator Krylon. The doctor turned as she entered the room, flashing another of those empty-headed grins. You took your time. What happened to no press allowed? Oh, yeah, I remember. You're not press, are you? Adjudicator Krylon, this man is a fake. The adjudicator's mouth dropped open. A fake? Ms. Yardsdale, the doctor is an examiner from Earth. Adriana crossed her arms, giving the doctor her best withering look. Is he now? The doctor stood waggling the leather wallet that had so spectacularly failed to impress her the previous day. Never fails except when it does. But I'm glad you're here, Adriana Yarsdell. By order of Article 27 of the Shadow Proclamation, I hereby requisition your recording equipment. And that means you, Stan. Sorry. By order of what? Keep your shirt on. You can see too. Although it's not pretty. Stan, point that lens over here. The doctor stepped aside to reveal the bottom of the sunken bath. This was filled with mud 
Haradjian's relaxed By wallowing, yeah, I know. Oh, no! General Anastri lay at the bottom of the pool, her massive body smothered in dried mud. She's past relaxing now. Her body was found an hour ago. Another delegate followed the footprints and drained the pool. Did she drown? Good question. Before anyone could stop him, the doctor jumped into the bath, landing beside the general's corpse. Stan, zoom in here. What do you see? Bruising. I saw injuries like that covering the riots on Slavia. Struck repeatedly over the head by some kind of kosh. Takes a lot of strength to crack a Haradjian skull. No, that's impossible. No weapons are allowed on Galen. All delegates are scanned on arrival. Who says it was a weapon? Krylon frowned at the device in the doctor's hand. What is that? It's a lot of things. <laughs> Who else was in this room tonight? Uh, computer, uh, show me the door log. Holographic images appeared in the air. The general, a human maid, and another Haradjian. Who's that? The general's aide, Constran. Been by our side for years. Not military, though, judging by his robes. He's an administrator. I've met him once or twice, nice enough. For a Haradjian? That's not what I meant. Krylon shut off the images, turning back to the doctor. What exactly are you insinuating, examiner? That the general was murdered? Rather than drowning in her own bath, I am, yeah. The doctor dropped to a knee, running his fingers along the tiles. There was something in the grout, something red. Is that blood? I don't think so. What is that thing, anyway? Some kind of portable scanner? Adjudicator Krylon, you're probably right. Despite being able to hold her breath for a considerable amount of time, General Onastri accidentally drowned in the middle of a good wallow. But, but the head wound... Is best kept to yourself. Talking of which... He pointed his scanner at Stan's implant. What are you doing? Wiping Stan's footage. Sorry, Stan. But you said you wanted him to see. Change my mind. I'll do that. Bye. With that, he turned to leave, slipping the scanner into his jacket pocket. You can't do that. He can't do that. I think you'll find he just did. And quite right, too. I'm afraid I must ask you to omit the details of the General's unfortunate demise from your reports. But this is news. Real news for the first time in days. A news which could seriously jeopardise the peace process. Of course, if you decide to proceed, I can always have you ejected from the planet. <laughs> this is censorship of the press. Yes, it is rather. Now, I suggest you follow the doctor's example and leave. Where did he go? Stan, can you see? Adriana charged out of the Haradjian living quarters, ignoring the complaints of the other crews. Beside her, Stan's lens whirred as it swept across the gardens. There! I knew it! He's onto something. Come on! The doctor's trail led them into the dense woodland that surrounded the conference center. On any other planet, there would have been walls or fences, but not on Galen. Violence was impossible here. 
Or so they had believed. Which way now? How am I supposed to know? Were you a star scout or... Adriana winced as she pushed herself up from where she had fallen, kicking at the exposed root that had snagged her foot. Stan offered her his hand, but she batted it away. She stood wincing as blood started to seep from the graze on her knee. Perfect. Just perfect. Ready for my close-up, Stan. What do you expect if you run about like a headless crefeus? Adriana whirled around to find the doctor leaning against a gnarled tree. Oh, and you know exactly where you're going. Not if I can help it. What do you want, Adriana Yarsdell? I want answers from you. And what if I don't want to give them? You'll discover how persuasive I can be. You noticed something back there. The blood that wasn't blood? Yeah, and you've been tracking it using that scanner of yours. Sonic! What? The doctor unfolded his arms, revealing the silver cylinder in his hand. It's a sonic screwdriver. Best friend I've ever had. (laughs) I can believe that. So? The doctor looked at Adriana, as if weighing up whether to trust her or not. She stood her ground, fighting the urge to fill the silence. The doctor made his decision. Come on, then. He turned, heading further into the trees, the light on his screwdriver pulsing. Adriana motioned for Stan to start recording and followed. You're right, there was something on the floor. Mud, mud, glorious mud. You're not kidding. No, not from Onastri's pool. Not all of it, anyway. This stuff's more like clay. There's nothing like it in the Galen Center, but the Sonic's a clever little thing. It picked up a trace straight away. Which you're following. No flies on you. The trees were thinning out, the roar of a nearby river filling the air. So, someone walked it in. The doctor led them out of the woods, emerging next to a river that plunged over the edge of a ravine. Maybe. Or it was dragged in on someone's robes. Dropping the sonic screwdriver into his pocket, he nodded towards the riverbank. Two figures were standing on the expanse of red clay. One, a gaunt humanoid wearing a white smock, his yellow skin swarming with tattoos. The other was a male Haragian. Constran! The aide looked up at his name and took a step back nearer the water's edge. A moan escaped his lips as he wrung his hands together. Oh, no. No, no, no. The yellow-skinned alien stepped forward to intercept the newcomers. Please, this poor soul seeks sanctuary, not recrimination. For killing General Anastri. Straight to the point. I knew there was a reason I liked you. Behind the elderly alien, Constran's eyes were wide with fear. I didn't mean to. I, I don't know what happened. How did you smuggle the weapon onto Galen? Did he have to? Adriana followed the doctor's gaze, looking at the staff the aide clutched in his fist. A dangerous weapon in the wrong hands. And one Krylon scans wouldn't have recognized. Constran couldn't meet their eyes. I promise you, I I don't understand what happened. One minute I was standing there, listening to the general, and the next... The yellow-skinned alien put a hand on Constrand's shoulder. You need not explain yourself. 
And who are you? Sabador of the Free. The mystic bow does Adriana identified him. And what exactly is the Free? A cult. Sabador smiled, despite the insult. Kindred spirits, nothing more. Attempting to live together in harmony. And you're their leader? Their guide. The Free don't believe in hierarchy, or possessions for that matter. Give peace a chance, eh? Sabador raised a tattooed eyebrow. You are mocking me. No, not at all. Peace, love and understanding are all top of my list. Well, they used to be. Besides, a planet that radiates good vibes from its very core, what's not to love? Tell that to General Anastri. I promise you, I've no idea what happened. I've served the General all my life. Why would I hurt her? It was slightly more than that. Tears were rolling down the Haragian's cheeks. You don't understand. My family, they don't deserve this. They never wanted me to join the diplomatic elite in the first place. Your family? Haragian justice. The murder of a superior officer doesn't just bring dishonor for the killer's family. It brings death. Brothers, sisters, parents and children all executed as publicly as possible. That's barbaric. It's so sad. Adriana turned to see tears streaming from Stan's remaining eye. Stan? So much pain. So much regret. Adriana took a step closer to the cameraman, lowering her voice. What's wrong with you? Stan pushed her aside, stumbling drunkenly towards Constran. The Haragian backed away, only stopping when he found himself on the edge of the bank. Adriana grabbed Stan's arm, but he broke away. I hear your pain. I see your pain. I must heal your pain. There was no time to stop. Stan lunged forwards, wrapping his hands around Constran's thick throat. Stan! Stop it! Stan! Watch out! Adriana felt the ground shift even as the doctor cried out. The bank gave way beneath their feet, and all three dropped into the rushing water. The chill of the water took Adriana's breath away. For a second, she had no idea which way was up or down. She flailed helplessly, icy water already flooding her lungs. It was hopeless. She broke the surface once, maybe twice, but was dragged back down every time. Her arms and legs burned, her chest ready to burst. There was no way of knowing how far they were from the waterfall, how far they were from plunging over the edge of the ravine. She thought she saw the doctor running along the bank, but he was snatched from view as the current pulled her under again. Her head struck something, and she couldn't fight anymore. Her limbs were dead weights, her thoughts clouded. She felt strangely calm. This was it. This is how it ended. All the disappointment, all the frustration, all washed away. Someone grabbed her jacket, yanking her against the current. She tried to look up, but her neck wouldn't work. There was a jolt, but no more pain. Pain was distant now, something she could barely remember, something that used to matter. Come on. Air flooded Adriana's ruined lungs. 
She opened her eyes, but nothing made sense. Not the blurred colors or shifting shapes. She was out of the water, lying on wet mud. She turned onto her side, hacking up what felt like half the river. <coughs> the doctor was on his hands and knees beside her, dripping wet. You okay? Never better. Stan! Easy. Where is he? I'm sorry. I couldn't get to him. Went over the edge. Constrand, too. But why? Why would he do that? Stan would never hurt a fly, let alone... Throttle someone. Bet no one thought Constrand could kill either. You... You saved me. Thank you. Least I could do. We're just lucky we hit that route. That current's stronger than it looks. He got to his feet, offering Adriana his hand. But... Sabador, where... Gone. Ran as soon as you went in. Pretty nippy for an old-timer. Adriana felt for her jacket pocket. Her pills were still there. She popped the lid and took one. What are those for? <laughs> Headaches. walk back to the Galen Centre was hell, each step a fresh agony. The pain was a welcome distraction, though. Anything to keep Adriana from thinking about Stan. The doctor, on the other hand, was bounding over fallen roots and branches as if he were on a school outing, his jacket thrown over his shoulder. How could he take all this in his stride? Who was he? What was that? Sounds like someone's leaving in a hurry. And another. Can you run? <laughs> I doubt it. You'll never know till you try! Oh. Slipping on his jacket, the doctor sprinted ahead. Adriana gritted her teeth and limped after him. <sighs> the doctor was out of the woods first, in time to see a large space cruiser taking off from behind the building. He stopped staring at the aliens that had formed a circle around the buildings, chanting in unison. The free. What are they doing? Uh, chanting, mostly. Some kind of vigil. No wonder everyone's leaving. It's got to be more than that. And here's someone who'll know. A Mannix had pushed his way through the circle and was scampering towards them. Where have you been? All visitors must be accounted for. We went for a swim. What's going on? That's classified. I must ask you to report to your quarters immediately. The doctor produced his leather wallet. Nothing's classified to me. The Mannix's ears flattened against his skull as he stared at the doctor's papers. Your Imperial Majesty, I had no idea. Uh, please accept my sincere apologies. Your Majesty? Yes, well, don't do it again. And you are? Administrator Carlis, uh, something terrible has happened. The doctor shot a knowing look at Adriana. You surprise me.
Carlis led them past the free and into the main building. The place was deserted. Those who weren't already making for the stars restricted to quarters. All the way, the administrator tapped his claws together, repeating over and over how terrible the situation was. Nothing like this had ever happened on Galen. He seemed to be on the brink of bursting into tears at any moment. They came to a door, a large human in a dark suit standing guard. Carlis waved the man aside and bustled them into what had once been a meeting room. Now it served as a makeshift morgue. Two bodies lay on tables, both covered in shrouds. May I? Of, of course. The doctor moved to the first body, but Adriana could guess from its shape and size who they would find beneath the cloth. Adjudicator Krylon. See the swelling beneath his fur? An allergic reaction. Multiple stings. The doctor pulled aside the other shroud to reveal a mass of translucent jelly. The Pelletier Ambassador. Carefully, he lifted one of the jellyfish's lifeless fronds with his sonic screwdriver. These things pack quite a punch. Enough to bring down a Jadoon, let alone a Mannix. It killed Krylon. She. She killed Krylon. And by the look of things, it was probably self-defence, see? Are those teeth marks? Mannix teeth marks. But this doesn't make sense. Administrator, what happened here? Carlis didn't answer. He was rocking back and forth, a paw clasped over his snout, as if trying to physically hold back his grief. The doctor strode over to a nearby computer terminal. Don't worry, we'll find out for ourselves. Images flashed across the screen. Camera footage of Krylon meeting the Pelletier ambassador in his office. The meeting seemed to be going well, until the adjudicator started to snivel. I'm so sorry. Sorry for your pain. Sound familiar? On the recording, Krylon launched himself across the desk, leaping on top of the surprised ambassador. So sorry for your pain. The doctor froze the video as the Pelletier's tentacles wrapped around Krylon's grief-stricken body. Just like Stan, the exact same words. When did this happen, Administrator? When there was no answer, they turned to see the fur on Carlos's cheeks wet with tears. They must have been in so much pain. Why would the adjudicator do this? Why? I'm sorry, Administrator. I realise this must be terrible for you, but if we're going to help... The Mannix's entire body was quaking now, his fur standing on end. Are you sorry? Are you really sorry? Of course I am. We just so need to... So much pain. I feel it. I feel your pain. The doctor grabbed Adriana's arm, stopping her from taking another step. And what do you want to do about it, Administrator? Heal your pain. I must heal your pain. Move! Not again! No need to put yourself out. We're fine with our pain. Thank you very much. The doctor slipped his hand into Adriana's and pulled her towards the door, away from the frenzied administrator. It burst open, the guard blocking their path. So much pain. Need to heal your pain. 
The large man dived for Adriana, hands going for her throat. She brought her knee up hard. How's that for pain? Doctor, come on. They fled down the corridor, Carlis wailing as he charged after them. And he wasn't alone. Everywhere they turned, they were blocked by lamenting delegates, Haragian, and Pelletay, finally united in their grief, all wanting to ease their pain. In here! A cleaning cupboard? Are you serious? They're good places to hide cleaning cupboards. Now stop moaning and help me barricade the door. A good place to get trapped, too. <laughs> You've got a better plan. The doctor froze, staring at their hastily constructed barricade. What does that mean? What's a time lord? It doesn't matter. Tell that to them. Adriana winced, shaking another pill into her hand. What are those? And don't tell me they're painkillers. Stop that. Why? What do they do? Everyone else around here is becoming over-emotional killers, but not you. Or you. I don't do emotions, but you. You're special, aren't you? The psychic paper didn't work on you. And then there's these. Popping pills to keep something at bay. I said stop it. They stopped the voices, OK? Yours, theirs, everybody's. Everybody's voices in my head. Not their voices, their thoughts. You're psychic, but you don't want to be. Now who's the mind reader? You can feel it, can't you? Whatever's causing this, you can hear it. It's too much. I need to take another. No! What are you doing? The doctor grabbed Adriana, looking deep into her eyes. I'm sorry. I really am. But I need to know what's happening here. Reach out with your mind. Touch it. I don't, I don't want to. I don't care. People are dying and we can stop it. You can stop it. There's so much pain. Beneath the surface. Beneath us all. It's overwhelming. Unbearable. Where, Adriana? Where is it coming from? The compassionate! The doctor released her, staggering back into the barricade. No, that's not possible. What is it? Where did it come from? He dropped to his knees, scrabbling for her pills. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have put you through that. He stood again, pushing a pill into her hand. Take this. She did so gladly, the voices in her head retreating almost immediately. That thing won't hold them for long. The doctor looked around the cramped room, spotting a window. He pulled up a crate and jumped on top of it. Think you can crawl through here? Do I have much choice? Not if you want to get out of here alive. Then you'd better give me a leg up. One more bruise to add to the collection. Oh. <coughs> Careful! The doctor looked across to the free who had stopped chanting and started crying. 
Is now really the time to fiddle with that thing? More than ever. They found us. And they brought friends. <sighs> yes, got it. Got what? Something that needs our help. You coming? The doctor was off like a shot, pelting towards the free, who snatched at his clothes as he passed. Adriana chased after him, a tattooed woman reaching out to her. Adriana tried not to think about Stan as they scrambled down to a rocky beach at the bottom of the waterfall. Was he still weeping when he went over the edge, still trying to heal Constrand's pain? And where was he now? Would she be able to find his body when this was all over? To take him home? The voice slammed through her mind without warning. She cried out, losing her footing and fell, rolling down the steep bank. <laughs> the doctor was beside her in an instant, helping her up. This is getting to be a habit. Oh, is it always this dangerous being around you? Frequently. Oh. What happened? There was a voice. Louder than I've ever heard. It... Infinite pain. <laughs> The doctor clasped his hand against the sides of her face, forcing her to look at him. Adriana! Can't take any more of this! Yes, you can. Look at me. Look at me! She did as she was told, staring into his eyes, seeing pinpricks of light that had no business being there. It was like looking at the entire universe, Every point in history happening at exactly the same time. Every future laid bare. Doctor, the pain... Is everywhere. That's what the voice is telling you, I know. And it's right. I wish I could tell you otherwise, but I can't. It waits for us every day. Pain. Loss. Fear. But it doesn't have to win. There's so much more out there, Adriana. I could show you if you wanted me to. Wonder and hope and strength. I like that. Then be strong, Adriana. You can fight this. I believe in you. Oh. The doctor released her oh. and she stumbled back. She reached out, grabbing his arm to stop herself oh. pitching over. You okay? She honestly didn't know. The voice was still there, at the corner of her mind, trying to break in. But its presence no longer threatened to overwhelm her. She didn't know what the doctor had done, but she was grateful all the same. She looked around, trying to get her bearings, and finally took in the beach. Caves were dotted along the cliff face, each gap in the rock surrounded by bodies strewn over the shingle. The doctor crunched his way over to the nearest body, turning it onto its back. The white smock was stained red, the tattooed face a mass of bruises. They're certainly free now. They're idiots. That's what they are. That's a bit harsh. Is it? Think about it. The free were there every time, chanting in the crowd when we met, on the banks of the river, surrounding the conference centre. 
The doctor ventured into the largest cave, his sonic like a beacon in the gloom. They're causing all this. But how? You need to wait here. The doctor plunged into the darkness. Adriana looked up. The lamenters from the Galen Center were coming out of the woods above them, getting closer with every minute. They'd be down on the beach in no time. I don't think so. Adriana shivered as she followed the glow of the sonic into the cave. The rocks beneath her feet were slick, the floor sloping up in front of her. She clawed at the wall, grazing her palms as she clambered up after the doctor, terrified she would slip and fall. Uh, any idea where we're going? The doctor didn't have time to respond. A thin figure threw itself at the doctor from a cleft in the rock. No, you can't go in there! It was Sabador, his eyes wide. The doctor wrestled with the leader of the free, losing his balance to crash to the floor. Please, Sabador pleaded. And even in the dim light, Adriana could see that the old alien was holding back tears, his smock filthy, covered in dirt and blood. They tore into each other such sorrow. You must turn back before it's too late. It's never too late. Sabador clung desperately to the doctor's jacket as he pushed himself past. The alien slipped, striking his head against the rough stone wall as he fell. Doctor! The doctor continued on, but Sabador grabbed at Adriana's ankle as she passed. Please, let me heal his pain. I must heal it. I'm sorry. She kicked the old mystic away and scrambled after the doctor. They're inside! This way! Where? The doctor bundled her through a narrow gap before turning and raising the sonic up. You sealed us in! No, I've shut them out! You could have crushed Sabador! The doctor's face was like stone in the light of the sonic. No. That's not you. That's not what you're like. And how would you know? I saw it. In your eyes. And I realize how stupid that sounds. The doctor continued along the narrow passage. You don't know what you're talking about. Then tell me. What you said on the beach. Was that all lies? I was trying to protect you. So you could bury me alive. Where are we going? Talk to me. In the end, the doctor didn't have to tell her a thing. He stepped into a chamber, and Adriana saw for herself. What is it? It's a rift, a tear in interstitial space. The barrier between one universe and another. How's your head? How do you think? What I did on the beach, that was a temporary fix. This near the breach, Steady. Oh, I'm fine. Oh, that's the real reason you brought me here, isn't it? You need me to talk to whatever's on the other side. I told you to wait outside. Knowing full well that I'd follow you in. The doctor had the decency to look shamefaced. What do you see? You already know, don't you? There was a war. 
between my people and a race known as the Daleks. Your people? The Time Lords? Terrible things were done. Atrocities the like of which the universe has never seen. And one of the worst is through that rift. The Compassionate. No one knows where it came from. But it was already old when the universe was young. It's powerful. It's impossible to feel anger or hatred in its presence. Instead, you feel only empathy and understanding. Where have we heard that before? The ultimate peacemaker. The Daleks trapped it, locking it away in a pocket dimension. Why? You'd know if you met them. No. What do you mean? It wasn't the Daleks. They didn't trap it. It was the Time Lords. Words filled her mind, flowing from the rift. Words that meant nothing to her. But the Doctor understood. Rassilon. Rassilon feared that the Daleks would find a way to turn the Compassionate into a weapon against the Time Lords, against Gallifrey. No. It would break your hearts. Thousands of Time Lords weeping on the battlefields, mourning the Daleks' very existence, unable to fight, unable to resist. Exterminate! So he made sure the Daleks could never find it. Locking the Compassionate away from everyone. It's been here ever since. It's essence bleeding through the rift across Galen. A planet of peace. It's so alone, Doctor. Until the free provided a way out with their chanting and meditation. Get it, do you? It wasn't the free who did this. It was you. You were there every time. At the Galen Center. By the river. It was trying to reach you. Why did you come here, Doctor? Because it sounded too good to be true. A planet that can heal, that can bring peace. After everything that happened, I thought... I hoped that I deserved peace. Just this once. But no. That couldn't happen. Even after all this time. I'm still being punished. Doctor! The doctor moved sharply towards her. Adriana flinched, but he just rested his hands on her shoulder. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got you into this. And you're right. This is all my fault. And I'm the only one who can finish it. His hands dropped away. You need to hide. Why? What are you going to do? The doctor set to work on his sonic screwdriver, unscrewing the central column. I can close the rift, seal the compassionate in once and for all. It doesn't deserve it. But Onastri, Krylon and the others didn't deserve to die either. It won't take much. I rigged the sonic to explode and chuck it into the breach and... <laughs> and what? What will happen? The doctor peered down at the sonic in his hand before looking up, a sad smile on his lips. 
Nothing. This old thing's past it, just like me. Water damage. She'll blow before she even crosses the rift's event horizon. Only one thing for it. I'm gonna have to take a running jump. People have been telling me to do that for years. Through the rift? I can set her off manually from the other side. How? Just hit this. The pulse will collapse the rift and the Compassionate's influence over this planet will be broken. Simple. But what about you? I don't know. Maybe I'll find peace after all. Now stand back. I don't know what'll happen back here. You should be safe, but there's no promises. The doctor turned, facing the rift, counting down silently. Outside the chamber, she could hear the lamenters breaking through the rock slide, desperate to claw their way to the doctor. And all the time he stood there, preparing to correct a mistake that was not his own, committed by those who should have known better. She couldn't pretend to understand half of what the Compassionate had shown her, but knew what she'd seen when the Doctor had touched her mind. The man he had once been, before his darkest days. The man he would become. A hand taking his. The smile of the girl who would remind him who he was, who he should be. Someone else, a long way from here. Not Adriana. That was not her part in the story. This was. Adriana ran towards the Doctor, towards the rift. He cried out as she barged into him, grabbing the sonic from his hand. No! She knew he would be calling after her, but she didn't care. This wasn't about him anymore. This was about her. Not just reporting the news, but making it happen. Making a difference. She screwed up her eyes and jumped, feeling the tiny button beneath her thumb. Sabador of the Free staggered where he stood. It was as if he were waking from a dream. Where was he? The world was dark and cold and... The sudden light blinded him. He threw up a hand to protect his eyes. A man was standing in the middle of the cavern, a torch in hand. Sabador squinted against the glare. It was the stranger from the river, the man who had dived in after his friends. Sabador could remember a struggle. He touched his forehead, and it came back red. Sabador? The man was in front of him now. Sabador looked around, still dazed. They weren't alone. A great crowd of people were behind him. Delicates and free, some scared, some angry. All lost. I think they're going to need your help. Now more than ever. Sabador looked at him, taking in the stranger's expression. What happened here? The man didn't answer, but pushed his torch into Sabador's open hand before pushing his way through the confused throng. Wait, 
Salvador called after him, trying to grab the man's arm. What about you? Are you all right? The doctor stopped and smiled, the gesture not quite reaching his blue eyes. Me? Of course I'm all right. Why wouldn't I be? 